It is good to worship God together. It is good to praise His name. It is healthy and it is important for us to come together every single week to put our focus where it needs to be, and that is on Christ Jesus. There is so many amazing things happening in our church, so many amazing stories that are coming out, and uh, we are hearing so many praise reports, and it is uh, awesome to see God doing just spiritual growth here. And uh, boy, we are uh, moving and pursuing God in new ways. And in 2019, I believe it's going to be the best year of our lives as we pursue God in a more profound way. Uh, I would just want to share with you a really uh, exciting announcement for Northview Church. And that is uh, our team is strengthening and we are building and we are uh, creating a greater influence and making a bigger impact as our team is connecting more and more. And uh, we are making an addition to our team this year. And uh, I'm excited for to announce that uh, as of this year, Jed Daly, our youth part-time youth pastor, is now coming on full-time. So, Jed, why don't you come on up here? As a former youth pastor myself, um, it's fun to be the cool guy, right? Uh, as being with youth pass, being a youth pastor and being in youth ministry, he's got a very, very important role. How many of you know that teenagers these days have a, boy, they've got some challenges that we never had. And Satan is getting, we do not want Satan to get a foothold in, in, our, in our teenagers. And we need, we need our teenagers to know the, the truth. And I'm thankful for Jed. He loves apologetics. That is def- defining your faith, knowing why you believe what you, what, what you believe, knowing how to defend your faith, making your faith your own. He's very passionate about that. And how important is that for our teenagers to know that before they go on to college, right? I mean, it's just, it seems to be tougher and tougher, and the influence of the world is just going to fight back harder and harder. But as we uh, gather together, and I'm, thank- I'm thankful for Jed and just uh, what he brings to this church, and to our teenagers, and uh, he's also going to be taking on the role of not just mentoring students and discipling them and building team in the youth ministry, he's also going to be uh, our media director that entails our website and our Facebook or Instagram or all those things and uh, our uh, lights and, and uh, media screen. I mean, it's a lot that he has to do just to keep things organized for us so that we can worship together cleanly. The facility will be his responsibility as well, making sure things are clean and prepared for as we get things rolling and have events and things. Are you getting overwhelmed yet? No. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's going to be uh, just having multiple hats, and he's going to be doing several areas of ministry and filling the needs of the church. And uh, I think it would be good for us if we just pray a blessing over Jed. And that, you know, whenever you step into a larger role um, with pursuing God, you're just going to have some, some pushback from Satan. We don't have to be afraid of that. We're just going to be prepared for that. And the only way to, only way to win these types of battles that are surely to come is spiritually. And we just want to ask for God's protection and blessing over Jed and Chelsea. God, I thank you for Jed's heart to see your kingdom come. Specifically into teenagers, God, that are already fighting a battle. God, as Jed is leading that charge, Lord, here at this church to push back what Satan is trying to destroy. God, we 
Ask for victory in the name of Jesus and conversation and faith in teenagers, God, that their hearts and our minds will be open to the truth of what you are speaking to them. Help Jed to communicate in love and then to be able to tap into the heart of what you are speaking into them, God. At every youth service, let it not be something that is just that, that we see as games, but God is strategic into spiritually building teenagers, God. I pray for every opportunity that comes across Jed and Chelsea's path to to minister and bring spiritual fruit. I pray that you will build them up, strengthen them. Lord, produce fruit in the name of Jesus and increase in the name of Jesus, God. I ask that you will bind and protect Jed and Chelsea and their marriage and their girls, God. I just ask that you will just surround their home with your covering and your angels in the name of Jesus. Protection and blessing as he goes forth and begins to fight back what Satan is doing, God. We thank you for the victories that are ahead. In Jesus' name. We said together, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jed. One more round of applause. And I'm thankful for his friendship as well. It's, it's good to be in ministry with friends, and we, it's, it's an important thing for, for us. So, wow. Well, if this is your first time here with us, we just want to say, hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for choosing. We know there's a lot of great churches in the area, and and uh, there's a lot of great pastors and ministries going on. And yeah, we, we serve a big God, and God's church is pretty big. And, but uh, we're thankful that you chose to come worship with us t- today. We hope that you're just feeling the love of God. And, and we are just so excited that you would choose to spend some time with us as we worship together. Uh, our, our goal is to just point our praise to Jesus. It's very simple. We just, we just say, hey, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And it's his name and his name alone. That's what we preach every Sunday. That's what we'll preach forever is the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going through the book of Joshua, and we can still point the name of Jesus through the Old Testament. And it's appropriate for us to talk about the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus. And then we are going through the uh, book of Joshua. We're taking every single week, we're taking one chapter, one, two, three, four, and all the way up to 11 is where we're at now. So you can turn to Joshua chapter 11. And put your finger there. And then head on over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Where we will find our view and our perspective of how to interpret Scripture. Because that's very important for us that we know how God is speaking to us. And a a key to understanding the the Old Covenant or the Old Testament. Is we know how to view it, how to see it, how to interpret it. And Paul says this, but their minds were made dull for this day, the same veil. It's like a veil, wedding dress, and the wedding dress back then, the veil was so thick, you couldn't see in front of it. So when they pulled back the veil, it would be the first time you'd see your bride. The veil remains, the old covenant is red. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. I mean, you know, that you can read the Bible, but not get something out of it because you're not looking at it with the right lens. And if you're not looking at the Bible through a spiritual lens, you're just going to get some good information. Now, God's Word speaks deeply profound truths to us, and there's several keys to do that. One is applying it, right? Another is believing it and seeing Christ for who He is. Not just some guy, not just some dude. He's the Son of God. So, has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Some people miss a lot of the spiritual truth because they're not seeing Christ in the Old Testament. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts, 
But when it, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is just taken away. When we come into the realization of who Jesus is and that He is the Son of God and that He is God, the veil becomes taken off, it's torn, and we have an entrance into heaven and we be able to see what God is speaking to us. In the Old Testament, Jesus was set up long before His birth and we begin to see that the Old Testament complements the New Testament. So we're reading Joshua, and we want to make sure that we are reading and seeing Christ in this. And we certainly have every single week we've seen God display Jesus in foretelling of his coming. Two British gas employees were out reading meters one day when they started talking about how good physical condition they were in. Have you ever been there before? I'm tougher than you are. One of them bragged that he was, when he was at school, he was the fastest runner and always won competitions and races. The other one claimed the same thing. So they decided after they had finished reading the meters on the street they were, uh, that they were on, they would both run a race back to the van at the other end of the street. They finished reading the last gas meter, and both of them took off at full speed down the street where the van was parked. They ran as fast as they could, first one edging ahead and then the other, and they both reached the van at the exact same time, exact same time, stopped to catch their breath, looked around behind them. They found out that there was other people who were right next to them who got caught up in the race and they were breathing hard too. And one of the gasmen asked them why they ran alongside them. And one of them said, when you see gasmen running away from your house, the only safe thing to do is run with them. The Israelites were on a journey of running towards God, His purposes, His plan, and His promises. The Apostle Paul refers to our Christian spiritual journey as running a race with endurance. Long-distance runners know that it takes practice, it takes patience, and it takes effort to run long-distance. God has a race for you to run, and we are all in it. Those who have said yes to joining Christ and being a part of His family have just begun running a race in terms of visual aid that Paul gives us. We are running a race, and sometimes our, our journey with God becomes a walk where we walk with God. Sometimes we have rest moments where we are resting in His presence. Sometimes we are learning and growing spiritually where God's Word just speaks profound truth. And we take leaps and bounds. And our faith is just exponentially growing faster than it was before. Other times it seems like we're crawling on our hands and knees just struggling to stay in the race. But it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And more than that, it's a steeplechase full of hurdles to jump over. And any Christian that comes and says, hey, you should become a Christ follower, it's extremely easy. As he has missed the point, either they don't know what they're talking about or haven't been a Christian for too long. Because it doesn't take that long to realize that Satan is right there at your door, the back door, knocking, trying to get in. And it's not something that we have to be afraid of. It's just something that we're prepared to do. And there are battles that you fight as a Christian that you never even fought before. 
And what happens times is that people say yes to God and they have that perspective, all right, it's all just prosperity from here on out. So when the battles come, all of a sudden they're not prepared, caught off guard. They say, no, they, they reason, well, then obviously this isn't real because if God was real, I wouldn't be having these troubles in my life. It's a marathon full of obstacles and full of victories because every victory, victory on the other side of the obstacle is a victory. Full of successes, full of strengthening. And it's amazing what God does through battles. Don't be afraid of the battle. Don't be afraid to call out Satan. Because you have more power than he does. It's okay to be a prayer warrior. And it's okay to say, Satan, get thee behind me. Even if that means Satan is using someone else, as Jesus said that to Peter. I'm not telling you to say that to anybody in your friends right now, but... Certainly there are obstacles, and sometimes obstacles can get us sidetracked. The key is really not, no, is not how fast you start, but how well you finish. And the question this morning is, are you running the race? Are you running? If so, are you running to something, or are you running away from something? Are you running away from a battle, or are you running to God to fight the battle? The Israelites, they faced numerous opposition The enemy was standing in their way. The walls of Jericho were impenetrable. It was impossible to see victory in their own eyes. It was impossible for them to take take over the land that was filled with giants. Sure, there was fruit there. There was a great harvest there. But they had a, a conquer fear to be able to get into the promises that God had already planned for them. There may be battles that you're facing that you're afraid to even tackle, conversations that you don't even want to have yet because you're afraid of the outcome. There are blessings on the other side of that relationship that if you just take that step of faith, God will bless you, but you've got to eliminate those hurdles of fear and start moving, moving and operating in levels of faith that you haven't operated in before. There are, your spiritual journey is one that is full of victories and success, and we are going to encounter resistance and opposition. The question is, what are you going to do when opposition and resistance hits you? Well, instead of stopping, I would suggest that we run for more. We run for more. And uh, the 300-meter hurdles, you don't just have one hurdle to get over. You have several. There's several hurdles that we must attack and we must overcome. Joshua chapter 11, we're going to turn to verse 15. I want to read a passage of Scripture where it kind of sets the scene, but I want to hover today and really focus on a phrase that I think will help us in our endurance, in our race, and uh, continuing in our walk with God. As the Lord had commanded his servant Moses, so, so Moses commanded Joshua. We can see that there is a progression of the promises of God being fulfilled, not in just one person, but several people. And sometimes it takes a while in a transition in hurdles, or not hurdles, but in passing the baton to complete the promises that God has. And Joshua did it. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. He started something with Moses, passed the baton off onto Joshua, and Joshua was doing everything. It was the promise that God spoke to Moses and being fulfilled through Joshua. So Joshua took this entire land, the hill country, all the Negev, the whole region of the Goshen, the western foothills, the Arabah, and the mountains of Israel with their foothills, from Mount Halak, which rises towards Seir, to Baal, Gad, in the valley of Lebanon, below Mount Hermon, 
He captured all their kings and put them to death. Stop right there. Listen, Joshua, let's just face it. It's a gruesome book. There's a lot of battles. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of exterminating. There's a, there's a lot of killing. But if we look at it just through the eyes of human perspective, God's pretty harsh. But if we look through it through the eyes of Jesus, we can see that the, God is somebody who is righteous. He is holy. He is just. And there is judgment. There is judgment towards those who oppose God. There is judgment towards evil. And we do not compromise with sin or Satan. And God certainly doesn't. What we see here is that Joshua leads the Israelites. Joshua is a resemblance or type of Jesus. Jesus, Joshua leads the Israelites. Jesus leads us. Joshua fights and commands the the enemy to flee. Joshua uh, uh, eliminates evil and all of those who oppose God. Jesus eliminates evil and Satan's forces. And there is no compromise. There is only death that awaits evil. So when we see the, the viewpoint through Jesus, this is what Jesus did on the cross. Is he, he turned God's wrath and judgment from us, the penalty of death, which is our sin, and put it upon himself. That's why it's so important. So all of that, that's why God hasn't changed. All that, all that uh, death towards evil is still the same. It's just that God placed it upon his son's shoulders so that we can experience life. And all we have to do is ask God to forgive us in Jesus' name because it is his name that God approved on the cross as his son who was the only one worthy enough to be able to tackle that for us. He stepped in with his grace to do that. Joshua waged war against all these kings for a long time. Let that hover in your hearts for just a moment. There is victory, there is success that Joshua and the Israelites were having. They were battling, they were confronting, they were pushing back evil. They were in the spiritual battle and, of, and they were, they were uh, coming into the promises that God has. But it took a long time. I think one of the critical errors of Christians is that once we pray once, it should happen immediately, the answers from God. But maybe you're asking God, and then maybe God is just preparing your hearts, and the battle is taking a little bit longer than expected. Now, we don't just give up. And what's important is not that we begin. It's much more important that we continue to have a follow-through as we finish the race. How many of you have played any kind of sports growing up, athletics, been a part of that? Listen, anybody who has learned the skill of a sport knows that the, the important thing of anything, whether it's basketball, baseball, golf, it's not how you start to throw the pitch or swing, it's how you follow through. That is really important. It's through all of the uh, sports that we have. Can you throw me that football? Follow through now. Oh, good. See that spiral? And that was a girl that threw that. That was good. Um, this, this, this football can't go very far. It can't do what it's designed to do if I don't follow through. If I, if I th- I'm going to throw it to you, James. If I throw it without follow through, that's, I'm, I'm, I mean, I made it to you, but it was kind of weak. I could have you run all the way down to the back. I'm gonna, now I'm going to throw it back, down, back there. No, kidding. Um, <laughs> but if you follow through, you, and that's not a good spiral, but you'll have better success at being able to accomplish 
the goal with more accuracy. <laughs> I'm glad you're a good catch. <laughs> He's paying attention now. Follow-through is extremely important in sports, and it's also extremely important in our Christian walk. Too many Christians do not possess that level of importance on their life. Follow-through. Follow-through in prayer. Follow-through in our time with God, spent in His Word. Follow-through in uh, our actions, how they line up with God's Word how we follow through with God and what he is asking of us, following through with our faith, following through with believing that God has more for us, following through that, hey, taking every thought captive, and that means think, taking every thought captive of what God says about us and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to the truths of what God says. Not just doing that one day a week, but we're following through that this thing that we do is every single day. This thing that we do is church. We live church life every day of the week. It's the follow-through. And the blessings come through follow-through. Strengthening is in the follow-through. Endurance is in the follow-through. Philippians 3.14, it says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The New English translation says, with this goal in mind... I've got something I can see in mind. I know what lays ahead. I know what's, that, there's, that, that after this life there is something more. It's not just a lights out. That There is something waiting for me. And it's God's got something planned and prepared that I can't even imagine. And it's good. And I believe in that. And I strive, he says, towards the prize. I, and, and that means I strive. I'm determined. I struggle. I wrestle. In other words, we don't give up. We don't quit. We don't just stop. We don't just abandon because that's not a follow through. That's not how we finish the race. But how? How do we keep the endurance? How do we follow through? How do we keep up when things get tough and battles seem to be wearing us down and we don't see those victories? We fall into that slump. We feel tired and discouraged. And our spiritual life just almost comes to a standstill and it's less than exceptional. It's less than adventurous. What do we do? How do we keep running? How do we keep going for a long time and battling as the Israelites did? There's three basic principles that I want to to share with you today that I think will really give you the spring in your step as we follow through with our relationship with God that will create momentum for us to continue God. And the first point, if I were to have points, is this. Know why it's important to keep going. If we're stopping and if we're not going any farther, it's because we have forgotten about the why. The why is the most important thing that we do in our life. Why do you get up and go to work? Why do you serve your wife or your husband? Why do you love others? Why do we serve God? Why do we love God? Knowing what you're fighting against, Satan, spiritual forces, things unseen, is important. Knowing how is fundamental through God's word and through prayer and faith is fundamental. But knowing why is extremely critical and crucial for your ongoing spiritual growth. If we forget the why, we will not have a spiritual growth and endurance. To continue. 
How and what will it take you so far? Knowing why is what keeps you going after, long after those mountaintop experiences and victories and after they have worn off. Because you've got mountains and you've got valleys. The why carries you through the valleys. When the hurdles seem to be a little high, we come back to the why. Why did you start running the race in the first time? Why did you say yes to God? Why did you say yes that you needed more in your life? And that's exactly what it is, is that we found out that we needed something more. Maybe your life was a complete mess and you just needed direction. Maybe their life on the outside was great and everybody saw that it was intact and, and your life was desired. But inside, you knew that you needed relief from the pressures Maybe you needed help. Maybe you needed comfort. Maybe you needed answers. Maybe you needed forgiveness. Maybe you needed a friend. Maybe you needed hope. Whatever your answer is, the answer will always come back that God is the only one who can supply your needs. Because we, in the end, we know that money won't always solve our problems. We've tried that before. Friends, at times, they will let you down. And no matter how much you forgive yourself in your past, without God, guilt just still lingers around. No matter how much yoga we put into our life, stress still seems to be around. We come back to the only thing that we know that is worth running towards that really gives us what we desire and need in our life, and that's the presence of God. And it is something that is unexplainable. God, you do the miraculous inside my soul, and this is what you've done for me. You have given me a peace with God. And people say, why do you need a peace with God? Because it's the only thing that brings relief to my soul. It's the only thing worth running towards. It's the only thing with substance. It's the only thing that gives joy that is everlasting. It's the only thing that gives me real hope. It's the only thing that encourages me and strengthens me. When I'm feeling down, I know that God is right there to pick me up. Knowing why is what keeps us going, keeps us in the race. It's important to know the why. As Kenyan world-class runner Bernard Kip, look at, I think I said his last name right, uh, demonstrated when he was interviewed during the Sydney Olympics. He was asked how his country was able to produce so many great distance, distant runners. His answer was, well, it's obvious, it's the road signs that say, beware of the, the, beware of the lions. Know why, and you'll go farther, and you'll go faster. Number two, keep fighting even though you're currently winning. This is important for us, right? If you're winning, you're seeing victory, and you're seeing success, and you're seeing answers to prayer, don't stop. Keep going. Keep pursuing. Keep chasing. If you give up while you're ahead, you're only going to end up like the Utah Jazz. Just kidding, I love the Utah Jazz. And they did really good last night. But if we give up while we're ahead, sooner or later we're going to get behind. Keep striving. Keep running. Keep pursuing. Keep chasing. A game is won in a series of steps taken every uh, one, t- one at a time. Every race is, is won taken every step at a time. We take one step at a time in our life. Not four, not five. Don't get ahead of yourself. 
You see, when the Israelites came into the land that God had promised them, the land of Canaan, they didn't fight everybody at once. They went through one battle to the next, to the next, and fought opposition as it came. And maybe some of us are trying to battle too many things at the same time. Maybe our focus needs to be on one area of our life and let God bring victory there. But keep fighting. When you, when you find victory there, pursue the next one. Pursue. The Israelites, they were on top. They were seeing the power of God and amazing victories and, and they were conquering the impossible at every turn. Joshua, the walls came down, was impossible, but God made the impossible happen. The, the town of Ai was taken over. The Gibeonites, uh, uh, the, the, they obliterated the five kings who joined forces to attack them. The Israelites drove out the enemy and destroyed all the evil that laid in direct opposition towards God. They, they were on top, but they didn't stop there. They kept on pursuing God. They kept going further into the promises that God had for them. So I guess I think what, I, what we're, God is speaking to us today is God has more for you. Even in those answers of prayer, it's okay. Don't right? This is the one time that we can just say, God, I want more and not feel guilty for being selfish because He desires us to desire more from Him. And when pursuing God, we can ask for more. More of His presence, more of His power, more of His victories, more of the answers of prayer. I've noticed a trend, and maybe you've seen this too, that when people receive an answer to prayer, all of a sudden they stop pursuing God. It happens. It's unfortunate, and we see it all the time. Almost as if to say, God, thank you for answering my prayer. I'm good now. Thank you, Lord. I can get back to my life. And I wonder if that's why God delays his answer sometimes, because he just doesn't want us to get comfortable. Sometimes the battle's a little uncomfortable, but sometimes the battle drives us to our knees. It causes us just to rely upon Him just a little bit more. And so if we're looking at a spiritual practice that God is drawing, wants us to draw um, us to Himself, maybe that battle is the answer to prayer. That we pursue Him. Now, I believe that there are victories in every battle. And sometimes those victories look just a little bit different. Maybe the hardship is still there, but the faith has been boosted. You have a new faith that you never had before. You have a trust in God that you never had. The battle's still there. But God's winning inside of you and pushing back Satan. The, ba- the battle, we can't give up on. And we fight, and we continue to, to pursue, and we continue to fight again. The battle that we face, we'll win one, and we'll find another, and we'll win that one, find victory. But when we win a battle, or we have success, or God wins the battle, rather, the race isn't over yet, we continue. And I think this is encouraging for us to continue to chase after God and to not quit, because quitting and pursuing God is extremely dangerous in our faith. I mean, it's obvious, right? And to get into a pattern is extremely dangerous. Vince Lombardi said this. He knew, understood. He said, once you learn to quit, it becomes a habit. What kind of habit do we want to develop in our lives? Joey and I, my daughter, she's, um, how old is she? I almost said 11. She's 16. Just as a reminder to myself. 
We, um, we love the series Rocky. I love Rocky. I always have. And, you know, this is funny. We watch Rocky even now, just the other day, on VHS, right? And uh, we, <laughs> we were watching Rocky. And I love Rocky because it's all about the underdog who just never stopped quitting, right? Who never gave up. Who, who continued to pursue, continued to fight, continued to hang in there. And the success happened, and you're in, by the end of the movie, right, especially Rocky Four, Rocky Five, you're, 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 you're ready, you're, right? you're challenged, you're like, I can do this. Um, it's inspiring. And people see your faith when you're battling, when you're fighting, and you don't give up. People see that, and it encourages and motivates them in their faith. Don't ever give up. Don't stop. Don't be satisfied with just the victory that you just saw. God has more victory on the way. Don't stop after one success or one victory or one win. Continue to pursue God. Third, expect the battle to continue. I don't mean this in a pessimistic point of view, and sometimes Christians can have a pretty pessimistic view on the world, kind of condemning sometimes, but God loves the world. And He loves us. And just because we expect a battle doesn't mean that we can be downtrodden, but rather we can have an attitude to be prepared. That's what we are, preparing ourselves. We are ready. We're alert, preparing to be on guard. If we don't, if we're not thinking about what lays ahead, we're going to be caught off guard and get tripped up. The moment we stop thinking, the moment we think, okay, it's easy road from here on out, is the moment we are setting ourselves up to trip over that hurdle. If we're prepared to say, okay, there's a hurdle that's possibly going to be in the future. I'm ready for whatever comes and whatever happens. And in prayer and faith, I'm just going to trust God and God's going to help me glide right over that hurdle. The hurdle's still there. God's just going to carry you in a different way. And the secret is, is that you're always going to be fighting resistance. I know that's not a, right, a happy thing to hear. We're always going to be facing resistance because Satan is out to get you. But there is victory. The resistance in your faith, the resistance in your peace, in your circumstances, in your home, it just happens in the Christian home. Can I re- release you? In your Christian home, you're going to have resistance in the home. There's going to be some unrest. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be differences. There's, there's going to be some things that you just are fighting against. It's okay. Okay? There's just resistance because we're fighting a spiritual battle. In your mind, at work, in your relationships, and stress, and worry, and protecting life, guarding your time for God, teaching your children, there's always going to be hurdles to overcome, but if we're prepared to meet those, God's going to meet us in that. So we expect the battle to continue, but we're not afraid of the battle. We're not worried about the, about the battle. We're not staying up at night uh, uh, thinking, oh no, I'm so afraid of what's to come tomorrow. No, we're saying, God, you've got tomorrow in your hands. Joshua says, The Israelites battled for a long time. You may have been battling for a long time. And it might be weighing you down. And it might be difficult and challenging. But don't give up. God's in the battle with you. The common tactical mistake is to believe that if God doesn't answer your prayers immediately, then you're losing. You're not losing. Keep going. Keep focusing on Jesus. Keep focusing on His face. He will rescue you. Even if the battle's not over, He will rescue you, give you rest in that storm, and He will begin to fight for you. If you don't see success right now, don't worry. You've got enough faith. You've got the mustard seed. That's all you need. Just keep pursuing. 
Don't make it too hard. Don't start condemning yourself. You don't need to do that. Don't allow yourself to go there. No battle's ever been won by condemning yourself. Let God do what he's going to do even in the battle. He will bring the success and he will bring the victory. And some of us are facing battles that have been big. They're big right now. In your life, you're sitting here and you're thinking, I've been facing a battle for years. I've almost given up on praying for them. I've got a child that I've been praying for. I've got, I've got a scenario that's difficult. I've got, I've got some health issues that I've been praying for, and it's been years. Keep running. God's speaking to you. He hears you. He knows you. And he's going to bring you comfort. Just continue. You don't have to stop. He's with you. It might feel lengthy. Are you willing to trust God even in that moment where it feels like it's a long time? He still has you in your hands. He still sees you. He knows your pain. He knows that thorn in your flesh or in your side. But he's got you. And his grace is sufficient. It's enough for you. Sometimes we start this Christian walk, this journey. And it's not exactly how we thought it would be. But it's full of ups and downs. But as we look behind us, we can see that God has definitely shown himself more in those downs that we would say those valleys and carried us back up again. God carries us. He sees us. And it's not important how you start. It's how important our follow through is. Our faith and our trust in God. He will bless you and he will keep you by his side. And he will give you his presence It will be noticeable, it will be tangible, and you will know it as we continue to pursue and chase after God. Ecclesiastes says, the better better is the end of a thing than its beginning. It means that God's using us and He's changing us. Our life of faith is different than what it was at the beginning. And He's growing us and He's challenging us and we're growing together. The encouragement for you today is Hang in there. Don't quit. God is preparing His best work for you in your life. The victory is there. And maybe today, He's just reminding you that His love and His protection is for you. And He sees you. He notices you. And He's still there. He hasn't left you. And He is going to carry you as we continue to call upon Him. Let's stand together. I want to ask for, uh, well, you know, we're just going to do a time of prayer. And this is an honest type of prayer for us because it can be hard to just admit in front of a lot of people, strangers, people that you know, hey, it's been rough. Or maybe it's hard to say, I've been struggling for years. I've been tired for years. We just get rid of any of the stuff that we put on ourselves to not respond to God. Now's the time to just say, hey, I'm throwing up my hands and I'm not giving up. I just want to rest in him. I want to give up on that scoreboard and try and stop doing all the touchdowns on my own and let God do it. And he just called me to help me make the plays. And the ball's in play. And we're ready to run with it. And sometimes we need that strength. If this is you, 
you just need strengthening spiritually. You need strengthening emotionally. I mean, in your soul. You just need to be built up again. You have that desire where you have that strengthening that comes from the Lord that you know is real, but it's, it's worn down just a little bit. The battle is just as fierce and it's been lingering for a long time. And you're prepared to fight that battle, but you need, you need to be strengthened. If this is you, I want, to raise your, I want you to raise your hand, and we just want to encourage you. We want to be there with you and strengthen you. You see hands all over, all over. There's a lot of battles going on. There's a lot of things happening. And as I'm just looking around the room, I'm just praying for you, praying Comfort, a release. Just maybe a, a breath that just. Whew. You know what I mean? Whew. Just letting it out. I want to pray for you. And if somebody's got their hand raised, if you want, you want somebody to just pray with you, just keep your hand in the air. Put your hand up and we'll have somebody put their hand on your shoulder and that's it. We'll just pray for you in a different way. So if you see someone's hand up, would you just step out and just pray for them or just put your hand on them. We'll pray for them together. If you don't, that's okay. You're still included in this prayer. We're just going to give a hand where people need a hand. We're going to pray for God's soothing comfort because I feel like that's what we need. Almost that supernatural comfort that comes from the Holy Spirit that just digs deep and reminds us that He's there. God, you, you know all things. Nothing is unseen. The people who have raised their hands needing to be strengthened, I pray God, in Jesus' name, that you will strengthen them and build them. Fortify their faith by the power of your Holy Spirit that influences their thoughts, and their emotions, and their heart, and intentions. Build them with the supernatural sense of your presence that produces faith. We welcome you, God, to come into our soul that you will do the supernatural work that is unexplainable. Give us the endurance that they need. Give us the strength in our brokenness. God, you do your best work. God, when we're tired, we, we find strength in you, in your word, in your promises, and in your presence. I pray that you will take down those hurdles that are hindering their faith in the name of Jesus. Satan's attacks are real and visible. I ask that you will break down those walls 
in the name of Jesus, through a thankful heart and praise to you. God, mend, heal, strengthen, renew, create, produce, infuse, rejuvenate, empower, speak, love, grace, presence from the Almighty God into the heart of every single person here. More of you, God, is what we desire. More of you is what our heart is open for. More of you is what our minds are willing to receive. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name be released. In Jesus' name be comforted. In Jesus' name be empowered. In Jesus' name find the strength that you need. In Jesus' name, Satan is pushed back. In Jesus' name, there is victory. In Jesus' name, we trust. In Jesus' name, we said together, Amen. In Jesus' name, let it be so. You are strengthened. You have power. You have victory. In Jesus' name, you are dismissed. Have a wonderful wonderful week living in the love of the god of god for you amen